Hello and welcome to Sim Radio here on the Sisters in Music Network. It's Monday Music Madness and you're tuned into Mixing It with Nikki Chris. This is Nikki and in case you don't know anything about me, I'm a singer-songwriter from Raleigh, North Carolina. My show celebrates women and men in the music and entertainment industry, providing an avenue for them to showcase their talent. Our motto Sisters in Music, together we are stronger. My guests today are a Nashville Americana duo. Their album, Peaks and Valleys, encompasses one of the great love stories of our time. Its songs chronicle their odyssey from humble punk rock beginnings in Minnesota's frozen wastelands to their time in the mystic deserts of the Southwest to their new lives in Music City, USA. They connected with multi-Grammy-winning engineer Brandon Bell, known for Brandy Carlisle, The High Women, and Allison Krauss, and an all-star cast of players to bring peaks and valleys to life. We're going to talk about that new album and so much more. In the meantime, please join me in welcoming the awesome Megan and Shane Baskerville. Welcome to Mixing It, guys. How are you doing? Great. We're doing great. Yeah, we're just enjoying a kind of steamy Nashville afternoon. Well, fantastic. I'm really excited to have you on the show. I'm really excited to share your music with everyone. Let's kick things off by learning a little bit more about the two of you. Why don't you tell us how you started playing music together? Basically, we both were working at a music school called School of Rock and in Minnesota. And I was the music director, and she came in. She was living in Atlanta at the time, and she was moving back to Minnesota. And she needed a job and wanted a job and thought this looked cool. And I didn't hire her. And um, but <laughs> it's true. she ended up... She ended up working there. We, uh, she wanted to be a vocal teacher, and I'm just a jerk sometimes. And I had, and, and, and you know, I had a lot to learn about teaching, but I had a really strong administrative background with Starbucks. And so we brought her in <laughs> on the administrative end. But really quick, we realized we had the same love of music and and like same love of movies and and everything else and. We uh, started a punk ska band together, and, and, like, we started writing music. But we were still just friends. And then one day, the drummer of Clutch came into our school to do a, a workshop, and he told me, because I was driving him around, and he's like, hey, if you want to bring some people, you can come tonight. We're opening up for Motorhead. This would be really cool. And I went up to Megan, and I said, hey, you want to go see Motorhead tonight? And she punched me in the stomach really hard. And I was like, that's weird. That's kind of when I knew like, oh my God, I think she might like me. And we went to Motorhead and then it got really weird because we both realized we liked each other. And we're like, she made me stop the car and say, hey, what's happening right now? And I'm like, I don't know. And we realized we liked who each else, other. And then we told say, who else can say that their first date was Motorhead. I mean, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I know, really. That's actually pretty good. I love that. That's awesome. And then we kind of like, we're like, yeah, we like each other. And then we told people and they're like, yeah, duh. 
And, and we're like, oh, this isn't <laughs> like a secret. But we then started writing songs, like Americana songs, like on the floor of her studio apartment in Minneapolis. We would drink and eat and, and like we'd talk and then we'd sit on the floor and write songs and really got deep into our feelings. And that's where the Megan and Shane like songs started happening. And that was, we're coming up on our 10 year wedding anniversary. So this was like 12, 13 years ago that we were doing it. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Well, congrats on the music and the wedding and the 10 years. That's fantastic. And it's a really weird, I guess, progression to go from, maybe it's not weird, but it's definitely not normal, I guess, to go from like punk ska into Americana because they are quite different. So they what are. would you guys say? Or Yeah, they are. They're really kind of different, you know, because I know, I mean, because I do a lot of pop rock stuff and now everybody's like, oh, you should try this. I'm like, that's really different. But anyway, who would well, you I guys think, say are some for, of your musical influences then? That's a great question. And I think for us, no matter what the genre, the storytelling is the biggest part for us. And it's always about the story and the song and the lyric and that is the biggest thing for us that that like connects with us. That's the most important thing. And some days it might be hair metal. Some days it might be punk. Some days it might be, you know, Brandy Carlisle. Like, but if the song reaches you, that's the most important thing. We actually, today we're listening to John Mellencamp's new album. And he, for me personally, is someone that has just completely reached into my soul and pulled my Midwestern American story my whole life. I think Brandy Carlisle and the Hans Rath brothers are a huge influence on us. But I think one of the albums that has moved us, and Shane, you can chime in whenever, but like one of the albums that totally got us through the pandemic was Lucas Nelson and oh, yeah. his album, Just a Few Stars Apart. We listened to that every morning when we woke up, and it was like an anxiety crusher. <laughs> it was like, Okay, mm. everything's crazy, and we put this on, and it's like, okay, this is a reminder. Like, we're all gonna be okay. It's gonna be, it's gonna be okay. We're gonna figure this out. It's gonna be good. We'd put that album on and turn off the news, and it was just like, okay, we're good. Is it Lucas Nelson band? Does he have a band, or does he perform by himself? It's Lucas Nelson and Promise of the Real. That's his band. Okay, all right, that's who I thought. Awesome. And I'm not real familiar with them, so I'm going to have to now well, go check out their album. It's funny because all of the stuff that he's done outside of this one album is kind of jammy, which is cool. But this album, Just a Few Stars Apart, was like, it just was stripped down and beautiful and really just reached and both of us. Yep. yep. Oh, wow. I'm going to have to go check them out. I always like discovering new bands or artists that I'm not real familiar with. Because nine times out of ten, I'm like, oh, wow, how could I not know that this person existed? So I love it. Well, if we're on that trip, I have to just also give a shout-out to Aaron Rattier in his album, Single Wide Dreamer, is just like, he writes for, like, Miranda Lambert and a lot of people here. And his solo album that he put out last year was just insane. So good. So good. Well, great. Well, thank you for that. I will definitely check out that one also. See, 
I learn all these nice, lovely new things when I actually have these interviews. Everybody always says, <laughs> shares with me some of the artists that influence them, and sometimes I know them, sometimes I don't. So this is great. Megan, you mentioned that one of the things that is prevalent with your music, regardless of genre, is storytelling and, and the lyrics and emoting feeling and things like that. Would you say that that is what really sets your music apart from everyone else? Or would you say something else does? That's a great question. I don't know if it sets us apart. I think the artists that we love are willing to be vulnerable. And I think with this record, we really just tried to be honest about how we were feeling. And vulnerability sometimes is really hard. And and there's pain in that to work through some things. But I think that's what we had to do to get this music out. And then we were fortunate enough to work with people who were so nurturing and caring and kind that it was a safe place to be totally vulnerable. I like that. And we're going to get into more of that when we talk a bit more about the album. But in the meantime, I really would like to share one of the songs that you brought with you. And I do believe that this is on the new album, let's talk about rose-colored glasses. What is this song about? So <laughs> it's kind of a hard thing to talk about, to be honest, because um, it's a little bit embarrassing. But when we were living in Arizona, we did a lot of volunteer, and we do this here as well. We do a lot of volunteer work with an organization called Musically Fed, and they basically feed the homeless, and they feed underserved people and we were feeling really great about the fact that we were volunteering doing this. And in Arizona, we went to this food bank and would help sort food and distribute it. And there was this day that we worked with this gentleman who was obviously a recipient of the food, but he was a volunteer as well. And he had a brain injury and like kind of looked rough. And I looked at him and he was bossing me around and I'm like, ah, I totally had pity for you and I shouldn't because you're totally the boss. And it was this humbling moment of like, I'm going to cry. Like, why are we always judging a book by its cover? We don't know what everyone's going through. And that's really where the song came from. Yeah. And these guys were total, like hardcore. Like they were like, we went in there thinking we were going to help them. And they were like, no, you go there. You go there, you pick this up, you bring it there. No, that needs to go there. You guys knock it off. You guys need to do this. And we're like, oh, okay. We thought we were helping you, but you are here to help us. <laughs> and, and like, it was a real eye-opener. Just because they look rough doesn't mean they are. And, and, like, they totally had it under control, and they're totally happy with who they are and, and who are and we And they had joy. They had joy in their work like that was the biggest thing I love that that's such a wonderful message and I love the title of this because it definitely now correlates with what you're explaining the song is about and I think it's a great message and it sounds like a wonderful story and thank you for continuing to do that important work because it is definitely important that we help others, especially in their time of need. So with that, though, let's put this on. It is a fantastic song. 
and I'm really excited to share it. This is Rose Colored Glasses by Megan and Shane. back a dime There's nothing in this world more precious than time Take what I need and give back what's not mine Tomorrow I'll repay in kind Tomorrow I'll repay in kind I don't need gold to live like a king When I'm giving myself it's what makes me sing Think I need help, the only help that I need is helping each other to see. Like I said, it's an absolutely wonderful song. I love, absolutely love the blend of your voices. They go so well together. They're very different and unique, but very much in sync, which in my opinion is actually something that does set you apart uh, from a lot of, you know, what I would call you know, almost cookie cutter duos, because I do think your voices are very unique and distinct in and of themselves, but they blend really nice together. And Megan, you've got some pipes, girl. Hmm. Thank you. <laughs> I like to belt. <laughs> yes, I'm a belter too, so I love it. That's why I was just like, oh my God, another belter. So I love it. Fantastic. It's a wonderful, really great. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It was a really fun one to write and felt really good to get that out. Very good. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about songwriting and we're going to talk about that next, but first I would like to 
find out what brought you guys to Nashville because it sounds like you've lived in multiple different places. Yes. A lot of people I know do go to Nashville. What brought you to Music City, USA? We were running three music schools in Arizona, and we were working 24-7 around the clock. Like It took up all of our time together. And then the pandemic happened, and everything shut down, and we had to move everything remotely. And once we got that taken care of, we had a lot of time together to just sit and talk and listen to music and write music. And we were writing so much, but we were also realizing, like, we really liked each other. Like, for all the time we were together, we just did the school. We met at the school. Everything was about the school. And we had that moment of like, what are we doing? Like we hadn't had two days off in a row together the whole time we've been together because all we've done is this music school. And in 10 years, once we got in 10 years. Yeah. And once we were vaccinated and everything started loosening up, we went to Nashville for just a trip in April and we're like, we fell in love with it. It just, we felt right at home and we're like, we need to make a change. And then we, you know, moved seven months later and we just quit our jobs and just kind of threw caution to the wind. And because we were writing so much and we were connecting so much, we just needed to see what it'd be like to do something different and to see what we have without the school. And we have felt more in love with each other this last year and a half being here in Nashville. We have written more songs than ever. We've made great connections. Nashville has been a blessing to us, but also like a kick to the gut well, at some points. You know, it's been hard. This place is like, I don't know how much time you spent here, but it's wild. It is wild. Way. <laughs> it's wild. It is like the best way, but the worst way. Last September, I was held up at gunpoint by three teenage boys <clears throat> and my car was stolen and had a gun pointed in my face. And so there's that part of oh my the gosh. too, where it's, they caught them, all of that stuff, like the wonderful Nashville police department, like did everything that they could and did everything right. And, you know, I got the help I needed right away, but <clears throat> that part of the city is also like very much a part of our story. It's, it's wild, but it's also kind of scary. <laughs> this city is intense. And I don't, I don't mean it to, is. like, turn it the is. interview into, like, anything negative. Like, I'm, I'm okay. No, 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 There's no, been great resources, but. Well, I'm really sorry you had to go through that. Really. I'm really sorry that you had to go through that. And I am aware that the city is definitely intense. And, and you know, I, I think that's indicative, though, of, you know, any city to some extent. You know, I mean, New York City is another one, even though it's five times, six times Nashville, but a lot of cities have that, you know, they have great things, but then there's also some challenging things. And it must also be a little bit challenging too, because that happens to be the Mecca, if you will, at least the United States Mecca, maybe even the world's Mecca for Americana country music, right? Mm -hmm. So that in and of itself must be massively intense. You know, I have a lot of friends that live there, you know, and and I know it, it's a grind on a daily basis. Yes. Yeah, Shane, you and, can talk about that. You know, luckily we're both very ambitious and we're not afraid to ask for things. And like, there's three different parts of Nashville. There is Broadway, which is like 
the really good players, but they play covers and they get paid a lot of money to play down there and get tips and everything. Then there's Music Row, where it's the songwriters that write the songs for everybody. And then there's like your Americana country artists that play not on Broadway because they play their own music and they're writing their own music, but not writing music for other people. And that's where we're at. We're in that third part. And it's crazy because like, there's just so much going on all the time here. And we've been very fortunate that Nashville welcomed us with open arms and like really gave us a lot of opportunities to do what we do um, from day one. You know, it's like our first six months here, we played like 40 plus shows right away and singer songwriter circles and venues and everything. And we got to meet a lot of people and like our first weekend here, I won a guitar from Margot Price and we opened up for Lily May, which is a huge inspiration to us. And we contacted Brandon Bell who engineered and produced our album. And he met us for coffee and said, I'll do it on a, on a freaking uh, a shoestring, a shoestring budget. Yep. Shoestring budget. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that's, that's fantastic. Cause like I said, I mean, I do know, I actually know somebody that I'm good friends with that plays out quite frequently and, and, and does do a lot of stuff, but she also in her band, they do a lot of the writing or she does a lot of writing. She's kind of blended. Like she's done the, the artist plus I know she does a lot of stuff on music road too. So, but, Anyway, well, that's cool. And and to be able to do both of those yeah. things is like a blessing. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. It is. And she's, she's, she's like a crazy songwriter. Like she can churn out within, I did a co-write with her and we had the song was done in less than 30 minutes. It's that's not, awesome. it's not. Yeah, I know. Cause I don't write that way. So I was just like, whoa, <laughs> you know, it was a new experience for me. You know, I, I no, I was, I mean, I was just like, I'm just like, oh, my God. But anyway. But let's talk about songwriting because that actually is a really, really great segue. Tell us about your songwriting process and where you draw your inspiration from. It happens a lot of different ways, but the best way is there's two things that happen when it's, I know it's going to be a good song. Either I'm cooking and he's sitting with the guitar and playing a riff and then we come up with something. Or he wakes me up at 3 a.m. and says, you have to hear this. It's in my head. You have to hear it right now. <laughs> and then we'll get up and make coffee and sit on the floor and just flush it out. Like, we're totally crazy that way. Yeah, I wouldn't say coffee. It's usually bourbon. But, like, you know, <laughs> you know, she just didn't want to say we're drinking bourbon at 3, 4 in the morning. But it is. Like, we'll sit there hey, and light candles, cares? incense. Yep. And we'll sit there on the floor and turn out these songs. And they do come pretty quick. They're like a vessel thing. But like the song, Things Don't Have to Change, she was cooking and and I was plugging away on these two chords. And she's like, can you send that to me in a voice memo? And I did. And then the next day she came in with the whole song written. And she's just like, here you go. Here's the song. And I was like, this is awesome. And, uh, you know, it's like, and that's basically how you hear it on the album is how she wrote it just from, a voice memo, you know, and, and it's like, but a lot of times it's just us, I'm playing guitar while she's cooking and she starts singing a melody line or I start singing one. And then we just kind of like come up with some lyrics that fit with those melody lines and that's how they're written. And I think 
you know, nine times out of 10, the, for me, the lyrical content's super important. It is mostly about life experiences, you know, pain, joy, all of that. All the songs on this new record are about our own experiences. It's not fabricated. It's not storytelling in the sense that it's making something up. Like these are things that we've experienced. And I think, again, if you can be that vulnerable, that's a, that's a good thing. Hopefully people connect with it. They might not. I don't know. But <laughs> that's the goal. Yeah, but I actually think that that's important because one of the things, and I don't know if you've listened to my show previously at all, but one of the things that is actually important to me, and I'm I'm finding quite a bit as of late it's important to a lot of the artists and songwriters that I'm bringing on, is the lyrical content. Because I think, I don't, I don't want to classify it as mainstream, but I think a lot of what we're hearing on, like, the radio today, when I say radio, I mean, whether it be, like, you know, popular songs on Spotify or even, like, satellite radio, Sirius XM and things like that, they're very nondescriptive songs, if you will, mm-hmm. very simplistic. There's not a lot of feeling behind the lyrics. Sometimes the lyrics don't even make any sense. You know, I'm seeing a change in at least the people that I'm talking to, that lyrical content and emoting a feeling or having a song that's actually relatable is starting to be much more important than whether or not some guy got lucky. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the only right. You know, non, you know, important lyric I could come up with, but I'm starting to see that a lot. And it's it's actually very refreshing because being a pop rock artist, I find it very hard to like dummy down songs. I mean, I don't know if you guys have been told that, but like I've actually been told early on in my career, your lyrics are too complicated and you need to dummy them down or people won't understand them. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, that's crazy. But, I mean, do you guys get, like, comments like that on your stuff? You know, it's like I've been doing music for a long time and definitely have had labels, like, say, like, hey, can you make music more for the masses? Can you make your lyrics, like, attribute, you know, like, connect with more people? But we're heading into a time where, like, the true songwriter and the connection with the lyrics and the songs and your, your human emotion is going to be more important than ever because AI is there and not to get weird and, mm. and stuff, but like AI has the technology right now. I've heard it. Like you can plug in, like write a pop song in the style of Taylor Swift sounding like Taylor Swift and this amount of time about a breakup song and it will write a great sounding song and and it's like those songs that are kind of like just kind of like made for the masses those pop stars and stuff are in trouble because they are going to be able to be like written by by a machine and not cost any money like literally a hundred bucks you can go in there and and i'm sorry sorry to interrupt you but like what we have is our genuine human emotion and i think there's not really any difference between Americana or punk rock when it comes to that or pop rock or, or metal. We're, we're talking about how we feel, whether it's angry, sad, joyous, 
all of it. And if we are being genuine about how we feel, that is going to be like the truest art form pretty soon because of all the weird stuff going on. Yeah. No, I completely agree. With that, though, let's talk about a songwriting tip or trick to share because I do actually ask this with all my songwriters. Is there something, a tip or trick, that you would like to share with any budding songwriters out there and have Mm. it not be used chat GPT? Can I go? (laughs) Yep. And, And then you can go. We watched a documentary on the writing and creation of Paul Simon's Graceland. And my whole life, I've been writing songs since I was like 10 years old. Songs would come to me. And and, and you're a songwriter, you know, like you come up with like an idea, a melody, and, and something always just comes out. Like it might be some stupid line that you don't even think about, but you're like, you just keep singing it over and over again. That's what connects. The biggest thing I'd have to say is stick with that. Like what comes first, what comes first to your brain, stick with that. Paul Simon said in that documentary, he's like, Graceland, the song, wasn't going to be Graceland. He totally had a different idea, but he just kept, Graceland was his, like, he just held it like there as the placeholder and, and like, but he kept coming back to it. No matter what he tried to write, he just kept going, Graceland, Graceland. And he's just like, I just need to stick with that. I just need to make it about Graceland. That is the main tip is like that happens to us all the time. We just start singing something to a riff or, or, or a chord progression. And we just roll off of that and create the song based off of that because that is the feeling of the song and that is what got us in our gut. I love that. I That's a great I, tip. I don't think I could say that any better. <laughs> I would say that, you know, and then just be raw be totally willing to be raw, you know, and, and the things that are painful to sing about, somebody might need to hear. That too. Two great tips. Okay. Great place for us to take a short break here from a word from one of our partners in podcasting. This is my fabulous partner in crime chatting with Nat. We'll be right back on Mixing It with Nikki Chris here on the Sim Radio Network. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. And we're back on Mixing It With Me, Chris, on the Sim Radio Network, and my awesome guest, Americana duo, Megan and Shane. All right. We've already played one of the songs from the album. Let's dig a little bit deeper. Tell us about your new album, Inspirations, how you came to work with Brandon Bell and Chris Powell, because I am aware that he is also on it. So let's talk about the new album. So we'll totally get into that. I have to say, working with Chris Powell was one of the coolest experiences of my life. He's like the biggest burly teddy bear that you could ever meet. He looks like really gruff, but like wants to hug you all the time. And we had this moment in the studio where I'm sure most people don't know this, but the, the Brandy Carlisle song, The Joke, was written about his son. And he shared that with me and shared this whole story about his child. And like, it was just super cathartic and powerful. 
and I feel like we're just bonded with him forever. And Shane, you can talk about how you connected with Brandon. Yeah, I mean, the whole crew we worked with was a dream team. It's basically the wrecking crew of Nashville. And, like, basically, we were writing songs. We had about half our album written, and we were really loving the tunes. We just released our album, Daughter of Country, and we were still living in Arizona, but we knew we needed to go to the next level. So we started listening to all our favorite records, which were like the High Women, uh, Brandy Carlisle, and, and one name kept coming up, and it was Brandon Bell. And like he was at the helm of all these albums. And then I'm like, that name sounds very familiar. I think for some reason I'm friends with him on Facebook. Like random, like, <laughs> hey, you should be friends with this person, and, and added him, and he added me back. And so I just sent him a Facebook message out of nowhere and didn't expect a response. And a month later, I got a response from him. He's like, hey, when you move to Nashville, let's get together and get coffee, you know. And and so we did, and we met him for coffee. He looked at us, and within a minute, he's just like, let's do this. And he's like, what's your budget? We're like, nothing. And he's like, okay, cool. What's extra cool about that is, a, you know, don't be afraid to ask people like what you need or want because it's not going to happen if you don't ask. But the best part about it is we had this idea that we're going to bring in our friends in from Arizona to come record on it, and and we're like telling them we're like we can bring in musicians. It's like, no, your your budget that you gave me, I'm going to take care of everything. And we're like, do you have an idea who you're going to bring in for musicians? And he's like, yep. And he sent us the like invoice. And then on it was Chris Powell and Brian Allen and Tim Galloway. And then I'm like, Chris Powell, he's the drummer of The High Women and Brandy Carlisle. And Brian Allen has played on Miranda Lambert's albums and, and has played on everybody's albums. And Tim Galloway is just the most amazing guitar player ever. And, and we're like, holy buckets, you're bringing these people in to record with us. And what it turns out is Chris, Brian, and and Brandon have been working together for years and, and like they've been working with all your favorite artists. Like you don't even know the Elvis movie that's out there. They did it right. Um, they are just that wrecking crew of Nashville, but they wanted to work with a band where they got to stay and, and put their ideas in and put their own stamp and in have that. more input. Yeah. And have more input. And like, so oh, how fun. we were chosen we were chosen as that band for them to like, so they all, it was a collaborative effort. They basically, it was the whole group of them that produced our album. And it was such a creative, amazing process. Well, and, and I have to say too, like the camaraderie part was so cool. Like I'm, I'm a Midwest girl. I bring a casserole to everything and I brought like food every day. And we had, we had like family lunch and like, there was just so much bonding. That was, I feel like it comes through in the record because there was just, there was space to be vulnerable. Oh my, that sounds like so awesome. It really does. I I I cried when it was over. Oh, oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, but I mean, like, now you have, like, these, like, long friends, right? And you guys have yep. all these, like, new people that you know. So it's great. It's really great. When can we expect this album to be out? 
So it is out July 14th. We released three singles leading up to it, um, but July 14th is the whole the whole record. Oh, fantastic! And I think are two of the singles out already. Three, there's three, yep, and, there's three, yep, three. And, All three and are out. Okay. We, and we cannot be more excited about the love we've been getting from them. The last single we released has been getting more love from people and playlists and things, and we didn't didn't spend a penny on it. Like, we're broke. We have no pennies to spend. And for some reason, it's been taken off, and we couldn't be happier and and more excited. More grateful and more grateful. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Well, I can't wait for the entire album, because I know, like I said, I mean, I really love rose-colored glasses. So, and I'm I'm going to go check out the other stuff next. You're welcome. You're welcome. Now, I think the next song that you brought with you, actually, I think is also one of the singles that you released, correct? Yeah, things correct. don't have to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's talk a little bit about this one, and then we're going to put it on for everybody. So this is Things Don't Have to Change featuring Britt Taylor and Lily May. So tell us about this song. So this is one that Shane came up with a, it's a two chord song. It's really a simple song. And he came up with this riff that I really liked. And I said, send it to me. And I was in a very reflective place in my life and kind of hard to, I don't know, articulate, but like my childhood was pretty tough. And then getting to a place as an adult where you can look back and kind of separate things and go, but it wasn't all bad. And you can start to separate, okay, these things were were hard, but there was this other stuff that was actually good. And it's okay to honor the good stuff, and it's okay to let go of the bad stuff. And for me, adding Britt and Lily, I really had this vision of it being, like, totally feminine energy and this, like, nurturing, warm song. And they came in, and their harmonies just, like, blew my mind. And, and it's about transformation really as we get older we we transform you know we don't hold on to the crap we just we let it go and we glob on the good and we keep going that i definitely agree with because i am literally saying all the time i don't have time for this bs people you know it's like yep you know (laughs) karma will come back around and get you i don't have time for it i'm on like karma deal with you i'm moving on i can certainly relate all right well it is another fantastic song. I agree about the harmonies. Very, very, very well done. So let's play this for everybody. This is Things Don't Have to Change, featuring Britt Taylor and Lily May by Megan and Jane. Yeah. 
movie Roadhouse, be nice. Just be nice to each other and, and like, just listen and be nice. If someone's a jerk to you, be nice. You know, there's too much craziness going on in the world. But with that being said, we are very fortunate. Our favorite radio station in Nashville, WMOT, has invited us to play their finally Friday which is the live show at 3rd and Lindsley. And it, we're going to be live on air at 1245. July 21st. And this is this radio station. You can listen from anywhere. It is an amazing Americana Roots radio station. And it's our favorite radio station. And this was a bucket list thing for us since we moved here. We're like, when we first moved here, we we're like, we got to play Finally Friday. And now we are. And we couldn't be more excited. And then on Instagram, I think that's kind of our most active social media, Megan and Shane Band. You'll see cool things about what we're doing musically, but I also really love my cat. So you're going to see a lot of pictures of my cat. (laughs) And we're awful on TikTok. We're not good TikTokers. Sorry. But, (laughs) But, yeah, you can just look up Megan and Shane. And if it's someone's, like, wedding registry, it's not us. If it's music, it's us. And, uh... That's pretty cool. Oh, my God. I love that if it's not somebody's setting registry. Oh, that's great. That's great. Awesome. Well, I would like to thank both of you, Megan and Shane, for taking the time to chat with me today. It has been an absolute pleasure chatting about you, with you, sharing your music. I really appreciate the time that you have taken to meet with me and all of our listeners. To all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to Mixing It. On behalf of all of us here at Sim Radio, this is Nikki Chris. Until next time, keep on mixing it.